Good morning, it's 6 p.m., which means it's 10 p.m., it's 6 a.m., it's 5 p.m., it's 3 p.m., and as always, anytime, anywhere, brought to you by Sprunk. Today was the first of the days of our date with Angel, and we're going for that 34-hour record. So far, we are, uh, let's see, 10 hours in. And uh, no one's tired yet, so, so far, so good. She's making brekkie right now. I muted the phone because I had to go and record this, obviously. And, yeah, uh, I wanted to point out some funny stuff. I realized I have a lot of notes in my notepad uh, that I haven't told you guys. Mm. A lot of funny stuff, a lot of stupid stuff. And we'll go over that stuff eventually, I guess. But I just want to point out how many notes are in my notepad. Another thing, I found out my sister is growing up as my mom. She's learning from my mom when it comes to going to Publix. Because we go in there yesterday and she's like, I don't want to walk around with you guys because I don't want to have, um, I don't want to be in here all day. My mother and I went in for like a gallon of water or something and we were outside looking for her and she was still screwing around, blah, 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 taking forever. The other thing she was like, ooh, I, and she went in there for one thing. She came out with five. I was like, you're learning from my mother, from women and going shopping, bro. I'm so sick of it. And then she's trying to tell me, oh, I'm not, I don't do that when I'm talking about food. It was a toiletry thing. And then we got into a whole argument about women's clothing and not having pockets and not having options for dress clothes and this and that and the other thing. And this is why I don't talk to my sister because she's a numb nuts. But the whole point was we wasted a bunch of time in Publix that we didn't need to. So, yeah, I don't know. I still have no ideas for the Monday Night Special, but I'm sure I'll get those. Right now, I'm going to detail you so far what's going on in Dateland. I've been watching My Melody, played chess. She lost five times in a row, as is the standard. <laughs> then I started teaching her some airplane crap. So here's where it gets interesting, right? Oh, we also, uh, we watched My Melody, then we listened to the album Waking Up by One Republic, as well as some other songs, a couple other One Republic, One One Direction. Then we played five games of chess, or I think we played the chess first, but whatever. And then we freaking, so airplane stuff, I took a practice test, which I scored a 81 on while trying to explain to her stuff. And I was like, no, 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 I want actually you to do one. So we both took the private pilot. I took the CFI one and got an 81. We both took the private pilot 60 question test. I got a 90, obviously. She got an 80. Angel got an 80. I was so proud of her. I was like, hey, how do you know all this stuff? She's like, I guessed on everything. I'm like, nah, it's because you're dating me. You just have the pilot knowledge. I can't wait to take you in a plane the first time and see how well you fly. Eric was texting me about taking me to the anime shop. So that may or may not happen today. I don't think it will. Mm. I want to see Rila Kamua, but probably not. I did drink a Sprunk today. I forgot what flavor it was already. I think it was a Nos. And then I had some Girl Scout cookies and cantaloupe, some onion rings. Very healthy, balanced diet. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Chicky is sitting down here being friend not food so that's good uh what else i don't even know goodwin's a dry building <laughs> oh i made that joke to cheryl yesterday because she's like i got stationed at goodwin because 
East Campus is still underwater. And I was like, huh, I guess Goodwin is a dry building. That's why you got stationed there, because it wasn't underwater from the rain. So see, Goodwin is a dry building. Anyways, back to the practice test. You know, I got a 90, Angel got an 80. One of the things that she didn't get correct was uh, TAFs, like reading TAFs. So I was teaching her how to read TAFs. And you know what? I guess since that's the theme of the day, to review it for her as well as teach it to you guys, we're going to do the same thing. I'm not going to spend as long on it as I did with her um, because we spent more than 15 minutes because we did a lot of practice. But... Uh, I'm going to go to the JFK METAR. We didn't even do TAF. We did METARs. But we'll go to the Aviation Digital Data Service, JFK. Um, so you have a text box here, which you guys can't see. So I guess I should read letter by letter and then explain it. I don't know. But the first block of text is a station identifier. In this case, it's Kilo Juliet Foxtrot Kilo, KJFK. That's the airport. The next block of text is six digits of numbers and then a Zulu. And it's the time in Zulu that the METAR was issued. So the first two digits are the day of the month, in this case 22. And then 2151, that's the time in Zulu, which would be 1751 local, uh, which means it's from, you know, 20 minutes ago. Next block is the wind. It's uh, five digits, wind direction and then velocity in knots. So wind 110 at 16 knots. Uh, yep. And then the next one, and then I was explaining to her a little bit about how runways are numbered and how the wind speed is told and and then what knots are versus statue miles because the next thing is visibility. And clouds are scattered at 900 feet. And, the, oh, I skipped over the visibility, which is nine statue miles. The three important things, ceiling, visibility, and wind. Uh, those are the first three things in the METAR. You get the wind speed, you get the visibility, and then you get the coverage. Now, again, the clouds we do out of eight. And so you have clear, few, scattered, broken, and overcast. You know, clear is zero, few is two, scattered is four, broken is six, overcast is eight. Anything more than half, which would be broken and overcast, <coughs> is considered a ceiling. This is important for determining VFR because to have VFR weather, you need three miles of visit. I just had a voice crack. Three mile visibility, 1,000 foot ceiling. So we have nine statute mile visibility, scattered clouds at 900 feet. Scattered is not constitute a ceiling. And yet broken clouds, that would constitute a ceiling at 4,300 feet. So you still have VFR. Broken clouds at 060, that's 6,000 feet. You just add two zeros to the end because we're using flight levels. Broken clouds at 25,000 feet. Or two, uh, so it's, oh, uh, whatever. I'll come back to this. Temperature is 15 and these are in Celsius. Dew point is 13. Altimeter is 2989. Then there's some remarks. AO2 means it's a precipitation with discrimination, meaning you can tell the difference between rain and snow. Sea level pressure, that's the millibar equivalent of the altimeter setting, 10120. And then it has a more correct version of the temperature, more accurate, so 15.0 Celsius, 12.8 for the dew point. Now, temperature and dew point spread is also used to predict the cloud coverage. Because the temperature goes, as you increase 1,000 feet in altitude, at the standard lapse rate is 2 degrees Celsius per 1,000 feet. But because of humidity and factors, the convergence rate of the um, temperature and dew point is a 2.5 degrees Celsius. Meaning, since the difference between this is 2, you should have clouds at less than 1,000 feet. Because, you know, 2 divided by 2.5 is less than 1. 
So that's why you have scattered clouds of 900 feet, because this shows that the temperature and the dew point will overlap. And when the temperature overlaps the dew point, that's when the humidity becomes 100%. And that's when you have cloud formation. It's below one, which means that's a thousand. That's how many thousand feet? So 900 feet. We also use the temperature, dew point, and the altimeter setting to do aircraft performance. You use the altimeter setting to get your pressure altitude. Uh, correction for standard pressure and then use the temperature deviation from standard and add that to the pressure altitude to get your density altitude because what are the three enemies of aircraft performance they all start with an h high hot and humid they all mess up your performance when it's high when you're when you're high up or at high altitude uh or at a high elevation when it's hot outside or when you have a high humidity because um Humidity, um, blah, 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 wet water is less, water vapor is less dense than air, I believe, and it doesn't give you the same buoyancy. I don't, I, I'm not sure why. I just know that humid air is lighter. Anyways, so now I'm going to read the entire thing. I'm also going to throw in, as if it was an ATIS, I'm going to throw in some remarks. I'm going to throw in the the, uh, the code, like Juliet Kilo, like which information you have when you call up clearance. Oh, JFK clearance, Skyhawk 19333 Foxtrot with information Kilo requesting our IFR clearance to Fort Lauderdale. So we're going to use Kilo, right? So here's how the ATIS would read it to you guys, right? Uh, JFK information, or uh, for John F. Kennedy International Airport, information Kilo, time 2151 Zulu, wind 110 at 16. Visibility nine niner statute miles. Uh, scattered clouds nine hundred nine hundred feet. Ceiling broken four thousand three hundred feet. Broken six thousand feet. Broken twenty five thousand feet. Temperature one five dew point one three. Altimeter two niner eight niner. Remarks: Birds in the vicinity of the airport. Numerous taxiway and runway closures. Um, advise clearance on request. You have information. Kilo. I don't know. I skipped the part about the runways in use, but considering the winds from 110, they probably have runway 6 in use. I think that's the one. In... I've never seen JFK runway diagram. I don't know what they even have right now, so how about that? Let's see what we've got. I need it rotated. I can't see. Uh, they have a runway 4. They've got a runway 13. The wind's from 110, so they'll probably use runways 13 left and right. Anyways, doesn't matter. So that's how you read a METAR, you guys. Uh, you got the wind, the visibility, and the cloud, and the ceilings. And you use that to determine whether you can fly or not. Then you use the temperature and dew point spread to determine whether or not you're going to have clouds for certain. And then you use the temperature, dew point, and altimeter setting to get your pressure and density altitude to see if your aircraft will have the performance that you need. And you put all that together, and that's how METAR works. And that basically was the fast version of what I spent an hour teaching Angel because I had her do it herself. I read it, then she read it, and then I went through and played real ones, like audio versions, and then we practiced it some more. And then I was screwing around with um, Airmate, because you know when I fly, I use flight plan. But I wanted to use her airport, like Ninoy Akoi, Akoinoy in um, Philippines. Trying to find the airport, obviously I'm not going to have it in flight plan, because flight plan only does domestic. So, I download this app, 
And I was like, oh my god, I actually have plates and charts and information for RPLL. Wow! So then that was fun. And then I was also geeking out over all the stuff I had for Fort Lauderdale Executive and blah, blah, blah. I had all the charts and information, and that was fun. Um, and then I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and then we read this, and she's like, hey, what do these mean? There's additional parts to the METAR that don't always show up. For example, when the wind is variable between two headings, 050 variable at 130. There's also, when you're in abroad places, some places don't use inches of mercury like we do, where you have altimeter 2902. They use QNH, they use millibars, so it would be Q, like Quebec, 1010. So I'd explain that difference as well. Uh, then we can check the Fort Lauderdale one, and there was an FC funnel clouds in the vicinity of the airport. That's not a normal one, so that's why I didn't even think to point it out. It's a non-norm. It's such a non-norm that it showed up in the remarks section in plain text because it's known that it's not to be expected in a normal METAR for student pilots. So they spelled it out for them. Um, yeah, what else? What else did we do? Well, a lot of airplane stuff. Probably a lot more airplane stuff to go. I am still so proud of her that she got an 80 on her first attempt at any 8. I told her, you realize that if I, because I'm allowed to, if I had signed you off to go and take the real test and you had gone and taken the real test, you would have passed. You would have passed the written exam and only had to focus on actually flying the aircraft. You would have been halfway to the check ride. <laughs> I mean, it's the easy half, the, the book work. That's why I always did the book work first. But nonetheless, that is halfway to the test, or halfway to a, a certificate. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if that says about how smart she is, or how the FAA, duh, how their written exams are laid out. You know, make of that information what you will. I'm going to err on the side of saying my girlfriend is smart, both for brownie points with her, and not getting my certificate taken away by the FAA. So we're just going to say she's extremely smart. Hehe. <laughs> And mainly because I'm a good teacher. <laughs> but anyways, all of that aside, now I'm going to go back to uh, doing other fun airplane stuff and movie and music time and drinking the Sprunk and Sleepy and I don't even know what else I'm going to do this weekend. But you guys will probably find out either tomorrow or on the Monday Night Special. So keep checking in for that and we'll see you then. Peace.